there you are. <laughs> hey. Hi. How are you? Good. Yeah? Yeah. So have you been since we last talked? Good. Yeah? Yeah, I've been good. Um, I'm like, I'm actually super grateful that I got to be on last time because and like when you were asking, is there anything you want to plug? It made me kind of start to think about the stuff that I do put out there. Mm -hmm. So now it has me thinking more about like doing something a little bit different with my Instagram. Oh, awesome. So I'm not like offering something or, you know, I don't know, creating some sort of a different platform for people that are not quite, oh, what's the word? Like just kind of like a mix of things. I feel like. A lot of the Norse pagan people that I find are just so into that, that they don't mm -hmm. really like take into account other aspects that are definitely part of it. And then yeah. it can feel very exclusionary and, um, I don't know, gatekeepery and, uh, yeah. Gatekeepers. Yeah. Just, I'd like to fun. be a different type of voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good that that kind of like made you, um, think about that um always love your content and stuff um so are you excited to talk about dreams today I am I think Super it's like excited. so natural from what we were talking about last time we talked so much about dreams I feel like this yeah you know and if, and for those listening um this is uh, my friend Laura who was um our Norse pagan vulva that I interviewed I believe it was like episode I don't know a couple episodes back so not the last yeah. one but the one before yeah. um yeah so I'm so happy to have you back I'm really excited thanks I'm happy to be back yeah I love talking to you about all this stuff and you're also just so well versed like you're more along your craft than like or your practice than I am I'm so like so much more new um, so I always like yeah. learn a lot and also just the, I think just the, um, specific aspect of your practice being, being Norse for me personally, I've always loved like Norse culture, Norse mythology. So that's always fun it's to learn stuff cool. from you. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So welcome everyone to the new witches. I'm Maria. And as I mentioned, I have my guest host, Laura, um, we're going to be talking about dream work, why it's important. Laura will help us newbies learn how to integrate it, like what specifically, you know, we can do to incorporate dream work into our practice. Um, my part of the show, so I'm just going to go through kind of like what are dreams, right? Like just like yeah. in a scientific level, I'm not going to get too deep into science because I don't want to you know, that's not totally what we're about, but per psychology today, <laughs> uh, dreams are the stories the brain presents us while we are in, um, REM or rapid eye movement stage of our sleep cycle. And people tend to have multiple dreams throughout their sleep that become longer and longer as their sleep cycle reaches an end. And a fun fact is that over an average lifetime a person will have collectively spent about six years of their life dreaming whoa which is crazy like six full years of your life is spent I dreaming mean, i even never <laughs> even considered how much of my life has been dreaming the fact that they have that as a stat i think is amazing and i love yeah that. 
Yeah. And I'm like, that's just like the average too. That doesn't even like if you're like a heavy napper, like my boyfriend is. He loves napping. (laughs) That that number might be higher for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, I thought that was like so crazy. I've heard like crazy statistics like you spend three minutes of collectively of your life cracking eggs and I'm like why the fuck do I care about that (laughs) (laughs) but it is crazy who thought of that but yeah I mean we spend a third like about a third of our lives sleeping right so it's like if we knew that then that I guess that makes sense that we know then about how long we take dreaming um but yeah I just thought that that was a really cool fun fact um so dreams typically yeah right um, so dreams typically involve elements and details based on our real life most times. Um, so it's interesting. So the mind actually plays a very complex copy and paste logic for lack of like a more eloquent mm-hmm. <laughs> verbose word for it. Um, <laughs> it's basically just taking bits and pieces of our life, our experiences, concepts that we know to be real in day-to-day life and stringing it together with different imagery or concepts. um, And it turns it into something very fantastical feeling, which I feel like anyone Mm -hmm. who's had a dream obviously kind of knows that. But pretty much um, things that feel impossible, they didn't like absolutely come from nothing. Like um, scientifically, we can only dream of things that we know about and the reason why they feel impossible is because we kind of copy paste logic together or like images like if you dream of your mom and like the bottom half of her body is like a horse like oh mom you're a centaur it's like we know what a horse (laughs) and what a human is yeah and obviously we know it's impossible that mom is actually a centaur but kind of like you know in layman's terms that's actually i remember i've been i feel like i've come across this several times with dreams in that when you dream of a person, like, even if you dream, like, oh, you run into this random person, that person's face you've seen before. Mm-hmm. Your dreams, can't, you can't make up a face you've never seen. Yeah. And then there's Which the I creepy part. kind of cool. Yeah. And then there's the creepy part where it's like, if you do see a face that you don't recognize at all, then it's probably a spirit visiting, which right. is like, ooh, chill factor. Oh, and that's... <laughs> Oh my God, I can't remember. It's like called something. There's some guy, there's like a sketch out there of some guy that like hundreds of people said that they've dreamt of him and they don't know who he is. Oh, that just gave me major chills. Right? That's crazy. I got to look more into that now because I remember being obsessed with that and then like totally forgot about it until right now. That sounds like almost like a creepy pasta kind of realm, you know, like how like Thin yeah. Man or Slender Man, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But I think it's like a, a a thing that started like a long time ago. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. That would be so cool to yeah. like cover in one of our spooky episodes. So yeah, I guess like t- talking in kind of like a scientifical, scientifical, scientific <laughs> realm. <laughs> so scientists and psychologists believe that your dream is often an overnight therapy session in your brain um, as it works to digest recent events or is perhaps your sub- subconscious trying to express itself more freely. And people have been fascinated with dream interpretation for thousands of years, of course. Uh, so we, I mean, I feel like everybody has heard of some form of dream interpretation. I mean, there's books that like break down the elements of your dreams into like various symbols, um, mm-hmm. in ways that they can like interpret the hidden, hidden meanings or messages. And though this sounds just like good old witchy divination, 
Dreams <laughs> have been studied scientifically as well. So dream oh, yeah. interpretation as a field of study emerged in 1899 when Dr. Sigmund Freud published his book, The Interpretation of Dreams. Um, and Freud believed dreams represented a disguised fulfillment of a repressed wish. Hence how like so much of his dream interpretations, I think, led back to like sex. He's kind of been like mostly oh, God, debunked. How? Not it really makes you wonder, sex. like, what his personal issues were. If you ask me, and I think it was like were. more like, yeah, Freud was not getting as much <laughs> booty as he wanted, and didn't no. want to feel alone in the FOMO of it all, <laughs> and so he's just making nope. everyone else think that they're just like as horny as he is. <laughs> that was maybe that was his kink. Maybe and like, huh? Subconsciously, it turned he turned it into <laughs> this psychiatric practice totally but like pretty much i guess in a way it worked out for him i mean yeah like (laughs) but yeah i mean his stuff was kind of wild um and it's on honestly been like very debated but he basically argued that Mm -hmm. dreams allow us the gratification that comes with playing out our deeply buried desires in the safety of the fantasy world within our dreams which i get totally makes sense totally i think that dreams can be that i don't think that they're only that personally for me um but yeah so today most psychology experts disagree with freud's conclusions and (laughs) and some (laughs) believe dreams don't signify anything at all which is like the other side of the spectrum and i'm like right i'm kind of calling bullshit on that as well because i mean i feel like everyone has had an anxiety dream like i don't think you can say a dream does can't signify anything at all that it's just all nonsense I, right. I really don't believe that. Like, it can be nonsense. But yeah. I just feel like dreams are so... I th- I I think dreams are fluid. Oh, absolutely. You know, in, in their purpose and in their meanings. They're so complex. And as I'm sure, like, as you were looking everything up, like, I mean, it's something they're still studying. They're using it as a form of therapy now. Yeah. Because yeah. they're finding that there's actual it's science like there's mm-hmm. it's dreaming is a science where you like that areas of the brain that light up and everything it's incredible when you think about it it's almost like a form of like um like studying like the occult because it, it's just so unknown mm-hmm. like scientists don't even know it like for sure why we even dream and right you know like various species it's not just humans dream and even like even yeah. crazier like uh, like fetuses dream when they're like in the womb which I find just like insane because then it's like right they're just dreaming about like muffled sounds and maybe like flashes of light or something like that's yeah. the most that they could experience but like who knows but yeah just as like I guess like an evolutionary trait scientists still don't know for sure like there are theories but no one knows for sure why mm-hmm. we even dream which is pretty right. cool pretty crazy it is pretty cool and then also just finding out like what they've found, like one thing that I actually learned when I did a program, I can't remember if it was the chronic pain program or the sleep program, but they talked about the different levels of sleep that you go into. And they were finding that there's some process that happens in your deepest sleep and the non uh, REM cycle part of the sleep Mm -hmm. where there are certain glands that uh, they shrink and they allow for a flushing of byproducts. Oh. And that they think that this might be connected to Alzheimer's. Oh. 
And now they're starting to make a connection between how much of that deepest sleep you get and your chances of getting Alzheimer's. Wow. Which That's is crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy. That's, I guess, like the newest thing that they're looking into mm -hmm. um, connection wise. But just the idea of people looking into dreams and how the brain functions and yeah. all these different connections that they're making of, mm -hmm. you know, how important it really is to dream and yeah. to get that that part of your sleep. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear, like, the reason why we sleep, obviously, to, like, rest and repair um, ourselves physically, mentally, um, but also to just, like, look at, like, how even just scientifically it's been recognized, like, the importance of dream and, like, the fascination mm -hmm. of it. It's this whole thing that we have yet to, like, we've just scratched the surface, probably. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, this whole pod, like, podcast episode is like the importance of dream work, right? And like what it is mm -hmm. and how to do it. Um, and just like for those skeptics out there, like even just on a skeptical, objective, non-spiritual level, it can really be very important to your psyche Incredibly for sure. important. Yeah. Yeah. I had actually had a friend that she went to a therapist that he specialized in like dream therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, that she like had this incredible dream where she was like hiking a mountain and her legs were like um, supernaturally strong and they felt almost like she almost felt like the bionic woman. Like she was just bringing up like these slopes, like these inclines that would be impossible. She's just like bounding up this hill and she gets up to the top and it's like she can see all her favorite um, places in the world from there. Like and it's just so just super happy. And, you know, she's on yeah. metaphorical cloud nine in this dream and I remember her telling me, like, so I had this dream and I told my therapist about it. And she went to see him because she was, like, having a, a, a bout of depression. And she mm -hmm. was finally, like, in a really good spot. And he was like, wow, well, you know, I won't say your name, so-and-so. Like, I think that says just how much you've healed, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, he's – I mean, it's very, like, apparent, the symbolism – um, right. how, like you've grown stronger than you thought you would you're at the top like you're at a summit level in your life right now and he's like do you even want to keep seeing me it sounds like you're doing great in life <laughs> <laughs> yeah I always thought that, that was really cool um that is cool yeah all right so yeah so there's the scientific realm of dreams right mm -hmm. but then there's of course like the ancient um understanding of what dreams are so I'm gonna go into a little bit of how dreams were perceived. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> my garage is just exploding. <laughs> my dad just got home. <laughs> so I thought that all garages were this noisy until I went over to like Gavin's parents' house and they have like a silent garage door. What? Really? That's kind of creepy. Yeah, where like it just goes. And I'm like, like oh a Prius God. garage door. Like you wouldn't, door. yeah. <laughs> the Prius of garage doors <laughs> is what they have. Oh my God. So ancient sleep. <laughs> so, whew, oh my God. Before I had that huge garage scare. <laughs> oh my God. Um. So yeah. So ancient. Um. Uh. How should we say it? 
ancient concepts of dreams mm-hmm. in, uh, across cultures, right? So, yes. even with all this, like, you know, understanding and the scientific, you know, interest of dreams, nonetheless, people across cultures and beliefs, you know, still search for answers and hidden messages in dreams. Um, so, the Greeks believed in the god Morpheus, who was the personification of the dream world. Um, and he was one of thousands of children of the god Hypnos. And his true form was very demon-like with, like, very large black wings that helped carry him from dream to dream. His job, though, was to carry messages um, in people's dreams. And when he would, he would he would present himself like a human to, I think, like, soften the delivery. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, like, one thing to get a message from. <laughs> A human versus like a demon with ginormous black <laughs> wings. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I just I didn't oh, hear shit. the first part that you said in your message because I was looking at your fangs, <laughs> your wings. <laughs> I was a little distracted. <laughs> I, I wonder how many times it took him visiting people to realize. Like, oh, maybe I should change my approach. <laughs> stop screaming! Stop screaming! <laughs> I have a good message for you. I promise. I just look scary, but I'm not scary. I'm a, I'm a cool god. <laughs> I'm not a normal Aww, god. I'm poor a cool guy. god. <laughs> yeah. So that was Morpheus, and I know there there's also um, a particular Greek god for like nightmares. So that's like a different guy. So mm-hmm. Morpheus, there's and they had different gods within the dream well realm that served different purposes that I guess collectively represented dreams and sleeping. But um, Morpheus is, I think, the most well-known. I mean, we think of morphine, right? That's where mm-hmm. mor- the word morphine comes from. It gets you all loopy and sleepy. Um, oh, but yeah. his particular job was delivering messages to humans. And so then there was also the Native American tribe, the Ojibwe, uh, who originally lived near the shores of Lake Superior. And they were really big on dreams as well. So Was that the tribe that originated the... The dream catcher? Yes! That I is. Thought. So the whole story behind the dream catcher, they have this goddess, or perhaps, I don't know if maybe they, um, maybe she's like an animal, more like an animal spirit. I'm not sure. I'll just mm-hmm. call her a goddess. I'm sure that's not correct, but she's like this divine, spiritual kind of deity. Um, I cannot pronounce her, her traditional, like, Native American name, so the English version of it is just the Spider Woman. Um, so the Spider Woman was believed to watch over the Ojibwe people. Every morning, the Spider Woman builds a web. Well, she would build a lodge, but I mean, it's it's made out of a web. And it captures the sun with dew drops that hang on the tendrils of the web. And she brings sunlight to her children, the Ojibwe people. So it's kind of like protecting them. Um, wrapping them in light. As the Ojibwe spread throughout the land, so away from Lake Superior area, the Spider Woman could no longer look after every tribe member as easily. So the Ojibwe people started making what we common folk know as uh, dream catchers. And the legend goes that if you hang a dream catcher over your bed as you sleep, bad dreams will get caught in the webbing and will deliver um, only good dreams. And that's like a way for, um, think of it as like a satellite reach for the Spider Woman <laughs> when they started yes. just like, you know, they, they let like their um, uh, original region of Lake Superior, I guess, was known as in, in their lore believed like where they emerged, like their 
I guess, um, their mother, like their motherland, you know, like their, Mm -hmm. their origins. Um, but they did eventually like migrate to different areas of North America. And with them, they felt like the farther away they were from their ancestral land, um, the less like power and connection to the deities that they had. So the dream catcher was one aspect that they did to, um, help stay connected to particularly the spider woman. And finally, I just like happened upon this one, um, just totally unrelated. The Norse, they, <laughs> I don't know why I looked up the Norse dream methods. I mean, I just, you know, very random, <laughs> nothing to do with you. Um, <laughs> so, um, and you can totally correct me because I'm sure you know more than I do. And this was obviously very, like, very surface, but pretty much, mm-hmm. um, the Norse, they took dreams seriously while they acknowledged that some dreams were random and meaningless. And this is what they called dramskrok or dream nonsense. Nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, they also believed other dreams could have profound meaning and even help you see into the future. And so again, like, I mean, like what we talked about and how you described like the Norns, how like they were big believers in fate. How you got there yeah. was different, but there were certain like fixed points in your destiny. Yep. Um, so that belief in and of itself makes it for like you to be able to believe in like trying to see into the future um, and what exactly your fate is. So in these dreams, you um, could talk to the dead, maybe to animal spirits, to deities. So when a Norse person wanted to have one of those meaningful dreams, some things that they would do, um, they would like do certain practices to induce those dreams like sleeping in grave mounds. It's like my literal light nightmare. <laughs> or in a de- dead animal's hide. So basically places that were mm-hmm. tied to like the other side, the other world or the spirit world, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. And I guess, I mean, I think a cool precursor to later on where you will take over and kind of go into steps that you can take for dream work. Yeah. Like the, that's very like, you know, basically just like all these different cultures. These are all like, varieties of dream work that these cultures mm-hmm. had and in under and different lore to understand what dreams were and the purpose that they had so pretty much so like what is dream work right so a lot of cultures throughout thousands of years of obviously and across the globe have developed these various methods of dream work but dream work simply put is basically like the effort to further understand the workings and meanings behind our dreams or using your dreams as a channel of communication with the spiritual realm. Um, so it kind of like depends. You can use, you can do it for both reasons, um, but maybe some gravitate for more like introspection and others gravitate more towards um, like developing your psychic abilities um, or just that like communication, almost like um, being able to step into this other world, like dreams are often seen as like this doorway into other dimensions. Obviously, you know, we've learned like through science, a la Freud, people have <laughs> invested in trying to decipher the meanings of our dreams today. We'll speak ultimately to like the importance of it in our craft. Um, so dream yeah. work through the lens of spirituality and witchcraft is a tool that can be used to learn more about yourself receive guidance from the divine some sort of divine some sort of deity some sort of spirit and learn to understand the magical meanings of different symbols and now this last this last one i would say personally i wouldn't get so tied up on 
because I personally mm-hmm. believe that symbols in your dreams are as unique as your own personality. One hundred percent. Yeah, like some people, yeah. some people are of the camp that there's a universal language of symbols in dreams, and so you'll like people will see you'll y'all will see that there are many guidebooks out there for dream interpretation, and though there are mm-hmm. like a helpful kind of beginner tool, I'll just say like take those with a grain of salt. You know, because it's yeah. like ultimately, like if you are emphasizing on the introspection portion and looking at what things symbolize for you, if teeth falling out of your mouth means X in a book, that doesn't necessarily. I mean, was just thinking yeah, of that's, that I example. feel like that's a really, like really popular one. Um, yeah, I dream about that a lot. And what's funny is like I was just thinking of like I know there's a very specific meaning for that, but I know for me it's because I've been without dental insurance for ten years and I'm literally like afraid of me. <laughs> falling out yeah it's like very different meaning very very different meaning (laughs) exactly i mean it's like it's so unique to the individual what those things mean um and also just i think the context in which they present themselves in your dream too is another thing like because i've had dreams where i know it's like it's an uh, an anxiety dream that's very clear like all right, this is representative of this anxiety that I have going on in my life that I have yet to address. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other times where it's like so, so symbolic that I'm not fully sure what my dream is about, but I like, right. so, and then that's when I have to kind of do the work to like dig in deeper to it. Mm-hmm. We've been focusing a lot on sim on like the symbolism and stuff, but also this whole thing and similar to Norse mythology and, and many other um, Norse like Norse cultures and other cultures around the world that dreams can be a stepping stone towards um, psychic ability. Yeah. You know, that's so dreams can help develop that if you're interested in it's growing that aspect of, of yourself. It's like the first step to following your intuition, kind of like you're bringing up like you can get books that have like this means this and that means that mm-hmm. but also kind of like I think we talked about this last time but maybe it was after we were recording like reading tarot cards like you know the meaning of a card but there might be something in the symbolism of that specific card that really calls to you yeah and that's kind of your own intuition clicking in but if you're the kind of person that doesn't even go to that point you can miss a lot and I think since dreams are so personalized it's like dream work is an excellent first step to trying to awaken whatever ability you might have. And it's so funny because I feel like, like in the very first episode where Melanie and I talked about what we call our, <laughs> our gateway behavior into witchcraft, <laughs> like things that we mm-hmm. were witchy that we didn't know we were doing that were witchy. One of them was just talking about my dreams ad nauseum to like my best friend Marie and we were like dig into it but yeah and and then I realized like in that dream work it can be very adjacent to shadow work as well or it can be like part of it totally totally like it's not like a huge revelation when you know what shadow work is but I kind of just I Mm -hmm. never in my shadow work I've never actually utilized dream work for me my dream work has Mm -hmm. always been kind of just like a fun thing like huh that's fun to try to like analyze but right. it totally does flow very, you know, smoothly into shadow work as well. Oh, totally. And I, I think I told you again after we were recording about my experiences with the shadow work mm-hmm. in my dream work. Yeah. And 
it's can it's totally i think it's kind of i consider it like a safe but scary way to work on shadow work Mm-hmm. for dream work but it really I think dreams are kind of like a gateway to again that that part of your witchcraft yeah um or your abilities whatever yeah because I mean it's perfect if you're looking at your dreams as like a reflection of yourself and like just as you're not only a sunshine and like rainbows kind of person any no one is not even like the most positive person nope. is only you know sunshine just like pooping out your ass like neither are your dreams, you know. So it's, it, right. and if anything, your dreams are going to reveal those darkest sides of you. Yep. Um, like if you're if you start dream work, you'll be looking at aspects of yourself, your identity, your strengths and flaws, the light and the dark, and it can be, yeah, it can be also very powerful when trying to work through trauma, and that also kind of ties back to them yep. like the, you know, psychoanalytical aspect of dream work because i know Mm -hmm. that's definitely used with trauma and it can also be uh, not just like a healing tool but on the on the other side of the coin it's also a symptom sometimes which i've like personally had too but um dreaming with purpose can open so many doors for you spiritually and just yeah and just psychologically too um so that's kind of like my in a nutshell, what dreams are, what kind of dream work is, and why it's important. And I wanted to share, like, my own personal experience with dream work. Um, so as I mentioned, like, I would talk mm-hmm. about my dreams a lot with Marie, and I still do. But yeah, I've always had, like, the most vivid dreams since I was young. Um, and I've had you know, ones that were just like super beautiful or like they're really symbolic or crazy. I'm, obviously, I've had like nightmares. Like we've all kind of, kind of had those like the different kinds of dreams throughout our life. I've also had nightmares that I like wasn't so sure were just nightmares, right? Like those like kind of like, mm, I'm not sure if that was like mm-hmm. just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It felt really real. So I've had those and I've had um, a lot of dream visitations from the dead as well but yeah I just like I started my dream work like really simply just like relaying my dreams from the previous night um to my best friend and we just talked through the symbolism what it meant and like the context of my emotions my current situations but I like really wanted to share this one really really nice dream that I had that was just like uh, the most dreamscapey that I could get, but with it without it being too crazy and it being meaningful. So this one dream, it was like really short too, but it was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this dream, I was kind of indifferent to the the li- like lilies, like the flower lilies. Um, it just, I mean, I thought they were really mm-hmm. pretty, but I never like felt any like pull towards them. But one night I dreamt that I was in a field of lilies and there were millions of twinkling stars like glowing in the sky. There was like soft, like purple, pink kind of dusk lighting like out far in the horizon. So like very like dreamscape, right? And this field of lilies went on forever, like forever. And then I realized that I was one of the lilies in the field. Like, I wasn't just standing in the field. I was one of the lilies. And as I oh, wow. gaze, like, I gaze at the night sky above me. And I 
quite literally felt myself bloom. Like I started <gasps> blooming while looking oh, wow. at the night sky. And I said to myself in my dream, I don't know what possessed me to say this, but it, it made sense at the time. I said to myself, this is why they call us stargazers. It was just like, I That's just... so beautiful. I know, right? I was just like, I woke up and I'm like, oh my God, I've done it. Like, I'm complete in my life. That, that needs to be a painting. I, I know, like, right? The words on the bottom. It's just like one of those inspirational oh like office posters, but spiritual. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but for like a, for a, a witch's office. office. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so stargazers are a kind of lily. Um, They're now one of my favorite flowers. They're the ones that are like pink that are like freckled. Yeah. And um, I mean, if I had like an extra hour, I could go into Hmm. just like how that like all the symbolism of that whole dream. But pretty much like in a nutshell, I was just feeling really good about myself and I was in a point in my life where I, one, didn't feel alone so much. Like I was on the, just, I had just gone, gotten to the other side of like about a depression. So like, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel so alone. Hence, like all the lilies around me. And I was one of them. Although ironically, it's like, I didn't see other humans, but I just like felt like, that's why I said, like when I said, this is why they call us stargazers. Like I was acknowledging Mm -hmm. like the community around me. Um, hence like also just the feeling of blooming, right? Like a Mm -hmm. metamorphosis change. Like I was in that point in my life, like that, that pivot point of like turning, you know, turning over to a good side uh, of my Mm -hmm. mental health. What I also thought was interesting is that lilies traditionally, their flowers, like their stems, they make the, the flowers tend to face to the side or even droop down. And stargazer lilies were were actually specifically um, they're a hybrid of another flower with a lily or maybe two oh. lilies together I'm not sure, so that the flower stem the the flower faces upward towards the sky hence why they're called stargazers, uh-huh. that they actually can look at the sky and I guess also like their freckledness kind of reminded people of like little speckles of stars or something but then also if I guess if you take that symbolism of me being able to just like look up. At just like it was like a bright, you know, Milky Way like lit sky, basically. Right, like no had, other light sources. No other light sources. Uh, Everything oh, was peaceful. Wow. I could even like almost just like smell the lilies in the field, and just having like that symbolic like optimism, and I was and just seeing something bigger than myself as well. Mm-hmm. Shifting your focus to sometimes look at yeah. the bigger picture of things and having things that are outside of yourself that are also important. Like, that was very therapeutic for me. Honestly, the entire dream lasted maybe 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. Super, super short. But, yeah, that was just, like... It's impactful. Yeah, super impactful. And I've had, like, also other, like, anxiety or, like, nightmarish kind of dreams that were very symbolic as well. But I thought I'd share that one because that one was really fun. And that night... I had put a moonstone under my pillow. So thank you, moonstone. <laughs> <laughs> I have yet to try that. I've been experimenting with different crystals to see like what might kind of help me mm-hmm. in like in guided dreams. Um, right now I'm using Azurite. 
but I haven't tried Moonstone. Moonstone is one of my faves. I have so much jewelry with Moonstone in it, too, that at this point I used to have like a Moonstone that I would put in my pillowcase and sleep with it there, but or I would put it at my bedside, like my nightstand, something like that. Yeah. Um, Now I just like um, when I want to have more vivid dreams or want to like try to receive some sort of message through my dreams, I'll wear um, one of my Moonstone necklaces to bed. I love that. Yeah. Usually does the trick. But and then otherwise, like I just love Moonstone just because it's so pretty. It's it is. So, it's beautiful. It's so gorgeous. And it's so funny that I like I've always been drawn to Moonstone for a lot of my life. Like I've had I, I just started acquiring like so much Moonstone jewelry before I even delved into witchcraft and the meaning of crystals <laughs> and stuff. It just kind of like made sense. Like it was one of the few crystals that I was very naturally just like drawn to. See, isn't that funny? I still stand by, I think whatever craft someone finds themselves in, it manifests in your life before you're even aware it's there. Yeah. But yeah, but that's, that's my personal dream work experience. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. I don't think I've ever had a dream that was impactful that was just beautiful and positive and everything they've always been kind of heavy mm. i think the one that has always stood out the most i have a lot that stand out um i've always been one who i can remember dreams that i had when i was a little kid in detail mm-hmm. and then if if i was an artist i could probably draw out you know all the different places i've been to in my dreams and Um, they just have all really stuck with me, but one that stuck with me the most was one that I've kind of learned like now that it was probably a spirit guide that visited me Ooh, because so cool. this being, I like remember there being a shape to them, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember ever seeing a face. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was kind of, and it had this sense of, like, this isn't really what I look like, but this is how I'm going to present myself to you. Uh, yeah. And it was, I guess, maybe, I'm trying to remember what I was going through in my life. I, I've always been going through something, so I'm sure it was, I know how I felt afterwards. Before that, I can't remember. Um, but basically, this dream was, I was just going about my life. And somebody, I think the first portion of it, somebody was trying to dock a boat on like a little lake and they were having a hard time and I went and I helped them. And that was it. And then next thing I knew I was laying on this, I didn't even know what it was and I was being slid into something and I was terrified. And I was like, what's going on? And then I realized it was like a incinerator. Oh my God. And I remember the moment it turned on, just seeing like a flash of light on either side of me, but then feeling like I was falling asleep and then I was awake and then I was doing something else. I helped somebody with something else. And then it was like the same process and it kept happening over and over again. I was helping somebody and then I was dying essentially. Yeah. Um, But each time it was this just feeling of pure terror of I'm going to die. Yeah. But then falling asleep instead, like Mm. just having that sensation of falling asleep. I never felt any pain. I never felt the the fire or anything like that. And this happened, I don't even remember how many times, a good amount of times. And then finally, 
I like woke up again, all these other times I didn't necessarily remember that that had happened, Mm -hmm. that like I'm going through a cycle. This last time it all of a sudden, all those cycles kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, that happened a lot. But I was, I remember I was standing on this balcony overlooking. It reminded me of, um, I've never been, but you know, pictures of like Greece where there's there's all those white buildings with the blue roofs. Yeah. I think that's like, it reminded me. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of something like that. Like all these buildings, like on this, like little hill cliff thing. And then there was like a beach and a beautiful blue ocean. And I was just kind of standing there confused. And this being came up to me and was like, you're done now. And I was like, well, done with what? They're like, you're done. Like they just kind of left it at that. You're done. And now you're left with two choices. You can either move on or you can stay with your loved ones. But the thing is, if you stay with them, they won't know you're there. What? They can't talk to you. They won't be able to see you. And I was just, I was so filled with this feeling of, I'm not ready. I don't want to be without them. Like all I wanted was to be with my, my friends and my family Yeah, and I just missed them. And I didn't feel like this situation was right. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they were basically like, no pressure. You can go back, but that's, that's the deal with it is you can't be around them. Um, but I can tell you that moving forward, isn't going to hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt them. Um, mm. but it's for you to choose. And they kind of walked away and then that's when I woke up. So it wasn't really about making a choice. Um, But I remember afterwards feeling like every day of my life, like kind of putting more focus on the people around me. Mm -hmm. Like I had been in therapy for years at that point, um, working on all my own depression and anxiety and PTSD and everything. And it kind of made me think like, okay, in a way, like the world is a little bit bigger than me. I, I, I don't, if I died tomorrow, I want to make sure that I feel good about my interactions with my friends and my family. I want them to know how I feel about them. Um, I don't want to die and feel like I can't move on. Yeah. Oh, that's like a huge fear of mine as well. It's like, yeah, you know, just not being ready or not accept not being able to accept it is almost like a huge fear in of itself it's definitely something that I had like thought about but not in that way Mm -hmm. because I I was very suicidal it was something that was on my mind all the time and um I know all those feelings kind of went away after this drink because I I just it like it reframed my way of thinking and Mm -hmm. um I don't know. It like in a weird way, it brought me a lot of peace. Well, it sounds like the it. idea yeah. of life. Yeah. So why yeah. So it's interesting that your dream had that cyclical aspect of it, of helping someone right. being put into the incinerator and it being turned on, you falling asleep. Um, what do you think about that aspect of the part where you're helping someone? It, to me, it, it, it felt like this isn't my actual life. This is a symbol of my life. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fit in with other parts of, cause this was, I was, I know I was at a point in my life where I was trying to figure things out from a spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. I had kind of put a lot of that on hold for a while while I was dealing with some more serious things. Yeah. And 
I was starting to feel that pull again to come back to it mm-hmm. that, you know, you can't ignore this. This is, this is a big piece of what you're trying to do for yourself, which, you know, I was working on basically shadow work, but in a very like here and now kind of way. Yeah. And, um, I had been looking into, you know, the ideas of reincarnation and the idea I'd watched this movie, this beautiful movie about a man who died and had moved on to this place where he, I don't know, it, it's basically like an explanation of what a actual spiritualist believes. And it just moved me so much that I, I really was trying to focus on, you know, his reincarnation a thing. And it does tra- talk about, you know, you've lived a life before this one, you, you know, when you die, you meet your family, but then you're reborn with another purpose and you choose your purpose before then. Um, but, you know, growing up Catholic, that wasn't something that we really talked about. And mm-hmm. it was something I was heavily wondering, cause I was thinking, you know, if I do fall into that dark place again, if I did, you know, take my life or something Mm -hmm. what am I looking at here yeah (laughs) and um it just it that that's kind of like like I was saying before that intuition kind of kicks in and that what I pulled from it was there is something to that that our lives our lives are cyclic and that death shouldn't be something you fear because you, you know, either you're going to re- be reborn in some capacity to do some greater good, or you get to pass on to something better. Yeah. Ever since then, it's, it's, it, it, that helped me more than I think a lot of years of therapy. Yeah. It <laughs> in sounds a weird way. so impactful. And I've had other dreams of beings that are like, sharing something with me where I it's that same idea where it's like a general figure of a person but you can't really tell Mm -hmm. like what they what they look like yeah you know for some people maybe that's how they show up for other people it may show up as um like an ancestor with a message Mm -hmm. yeah I think it just kind of depends yeah it it really does depend um I think on the person also like what you're what you're open and receptive to Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're focusing on ancestry work or if you're working with mm-hmm. some sort of deity, like whoever your spirit guide is, like for me, I know that uh, the reason why I've only dealt with or seen people that I know, like loved ones that have passed is because that's all I'm really open to. Like other than that yeah. and like maybe an ancestor or two. Like anyone else scares the fuck out of me. Like I just I don't have the I don't have that kind of yeah. time to have to deal with acclimating with like, you know, yeah. meaning. And some I think sort they of, know that. And they pro- and they probably know that because I'm like I'm very clear with my my boundaries. I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. family and loved ones are who I feel safe with, and those are the people welcome in my dreams, and that's that. It's like contact. You remember when she goes to visit the alien planet, and then her dad shows up, and she's yeah. like. You're, you're my dad. And he's like, no, I'm not. I just knew that this would make you feel better. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, that part was crazy. And then she comes back and there's yeah. like, felt like she was in the world for a short amount of time, but she actually was like out for like six hours. Yeah. They right? said like, Something... oh, you just dropped straight down. But then this, they, they looked back and there was like hours of static. 
Yeah. Yeah. Rather than that, that like split movie second was or so something. cool. I watched that movie in my freshman year physical science class in high school. <laughs> my <laughs> teacher put it on. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> oh my god, I was a weird little girl. I like, I remember going into my dad's garage and like trying to find wire. I wanted to play contact. Oh, that's and so I tried cute. to tell my friends like I wanted to be Ellie. Oh, and I like, want to be just like Ellie. Who's that? I had some weird um, role models growing up. <laughs> Ellie and then um, Helen Hunt from Twister. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be just like her, too. Oh, my gosh. I love Twister. So the 90s. Pretty much heroin <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Basically. There were some great <laughs> heroines in the 90s. I always wanted to be that chick from Rocket Power. You remember Rocket Ooh. Power? I always forget her name. Yeah. But I loved that show, which is so ironic if I loved it so much why I would forget all their names. But right. that happens. But yeah. There's so many things that I'm like, oh, there's a movie I absolutely, it's one of my favorites. I don't know the name. I don't know who's in it. <laughs> I can't remember things about it, but I know I love it. So what, do Brains. you want to start going into like beginner tips? Yeah. So I had to, I wrote it all down because I was like, my brain's going to start going off on tangents if I don't keep myself on track. Um, one thing that I thought was very cool that um, I've known this, but when it comes to dreams, there are some people who feel like, well, I don't dream. Mm -hmm. So like dream work, I can't do it because I don't dream. But the thing is, everybody dreams. If you're not dreaming, you're technically insane. Or you're like not um, getting I, restful sleep. Because don't you have to go through REM yeah, most to get likely, to the stage where you actually get, like, that deep sleep where you actually really rest? Yeah. I forget how many days it is. I think I want to say, like, five days. Could be less, could be more. I can't remember. If you go a certain amount of days without REM sleep, your body will put yourself in REM while you're awake. Oh. And that's where people start to have, like, like delusions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they'll, they'll hallucinate things because your body needs it. Your body has to go through it. Yeah. Um, so if you feel like you don't dream, you do, you just probably don't remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've totally heard um, people like Gavin's one of those people. He's like, I never remember my dreams. He like maybe can recount yeah. four of his dreams since we've been together. What are you talking dreams about? I have a way. dream every single night. Sometimes I have three dreams a night. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's like, I, I wake up and I'll be like, oh my God. And then I just spew out this really long dream. And I'll be like, what did you dream about? You're making noise in your sleep. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, if you feel like you don't dream, you do. You just have to be a little bit more aware of it. So to do dream work, the first step really is to get good sleep. You have to, you have to be able to fall through all the cycles of sleep and ideally have multiple cycles when you sleep. So the first thing to do when you're trying to do dream work is to follow what is called like sleep hygiene. Hmm. So you want to set yourself up by making sure that you're giving yourself enough time to sleep, that you are comfortable, like sleep in a nicely made bed, wear fresh, whatever you wear to sleep. Whether good, it's underwear or good pajamas. The temperature or, in the room is important as well. The temperature in the room, I think the ideal temperature was 
like around mid 60s make it as dark as possible as quiet as possible if you need it earplugs uh white noise machine um ideally nothing that's going to like i know a lot of people will fall asleep like watching something on tv well that's like it you, can be like I, really distracting like it can kind of like yeah. jolt you out sometimes right and I know some people use it in like a white noise kind of way, but that really has to depend on the person. Yeah. Um, what what works for them. Um, another good thing is avoiding caffeine for a few hours before bed. Avoid any sort of mental stimulation for an hour or two before bed. Make your house as dark as possible for an hour before bed. Um, just kind of some general get good sleep kind of things yeah and that's so funny um, that you that it's called sleep hygiene like when you think of hygiene yeah. you don't often think of setting yourself up for like a good night of sleep as under the hygiene category but it does totally make right. sense it does um especially because so many people have issues with sleep in general they go they their sleep cycles can be totally off some people may have you know dealing with a lot of stress in their life they may have something they may be like bipolar or something like that. And that can really affect your sleep and your dreams. There's, there's like a whole list of things. But you know, I've actually heard that there is a, another pandemic because of this pandemic. And it is the disruption of our sleep because of like the mm -hmm. stress, the worldwide stress of this pandemic and how deeply it has affected our day-to-day -day lives. And just like yeah. humans do not like, uncertainty especially for such a prolonged no. period of time even if you're trying to maintain like a normal-ish schedule that you feel like you need to sleep more and it's like that yeah it's that stress and because of the stress like if you're stressed enough even if you do get a uh you know get to sleep because of your stress you might not be able to get fully through like your cycles and get to that deep like restful mm -hmm. sleep hence like why yeah. you feel like you need to get more sleep lately and also just like you know, not just the pandemic, but in other stressful points of your life. Yeah. Stress is a major, 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 it, it's just, it's bad for your sleep. Mm -hmm. It's pretty no, bad no in general. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Unless you're like, you know, your unless up. you're like me and a procrastinator and you need it, like the stress of a, <laughs> of a deadline to get any work done. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only time that it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> You know, all of that, too, can lead to um, what I know a lot of people deal with, which is sleep paralysis, oh, yeah. um, which is really for some, if you experience it, it doesn't have to be a scary thing, but that usually happens further along in dream work. The things that can affect sleep paralysis are the same things that can affect your sleep in general. So like if you're getting a lack of sleep, if you have an inconsistent sleep schedule, if you sleep on your back. If you have narcolepsy or uh, like restless leg syndrome, mm -hmm. um, medications for ADHD are a big one. Any sort of stimulant, which is interesting because the medication for narcolepsy is a stimulant. So if you have narcolepsy, either way, you're kind of screwed. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, and then substance abuse and alcohol. Mm. So some people will drink alcohol to fall asleep. Right. Um, but it can mess with your sleep patterns as well. Well, what about, well, I guess, well, marijuana has been proven to help sl mm -hmm. sleep, right? So that's kind of like the one substance that has shown some aid in that. Yeah. I don't know about other peeps, but 
I know when I've had an, like I've had nights where I've drank too much and I don't rest as easy as like now I would think I would like if anything yeah. it like makes me like more restless and it tends to help people get to sleep but yeah. not stay asleep yeah and not actually or like, get those restful. levels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the first step of dream work is make sure you can get good sleep second step would be to try to remember your dreams as best as you can so one thing you can do is tell yourself as you're laying in bed getting ready to fall asleep is i'm going to remember my dream and literally just repeat that that you're going to remember your dream and then keep a dream journal but a dream journal can either be a literal journal journal that you write down in it can be uh, a voice memo so like if you think faster than you write which is absolutely me you can just pull out the notes on your phone and just blurb it all out Mm -hmm. um i do that quite frequently (laughs) or you could start a podcast and just start an episode (laughs) as soon as you wake up about your dream That would be an amazing podcast. That would be. I mean, I totally, um, like, I was so interested in dreams. Like, when I was talking to Melanie initially, and we were talking about starting a podcast, we were both very tempted to not do one that was so witchy, but more just based on dreams. Um, Uh But, yeah, like, I'm kind of, like, in the market for a good, like, dream just based like sleep based podcast. Um, I don't I don't yeah. feel like there's a lot out there. A, a little bit of an untapped market there, guys. For anyone's looking to start a podcast about that. But another thing that I I didn't look into these, but there are apps where you can write down your dreams, and then you write in like certain symbols. Oh. And then the second part of a dream journal isn't just writing it down, but it's reviewing it frequently. Mm-hmm. So the more you reread what you've dreamt about, the more likely you are to remember more details, but then also remember more of your dream and to potentially dream the same thing again, which kind of is like the beginning of the lucid dreaming part. You also can look for certain, like maybe like patterns, Mm -hmm. like either actions that occur a lot or specific items so that you can try and pay more attention to it. But that's kind of like the most beginning parts of dream work is, are those two things. The next is when you do dream work, to some degree, you want to be able to lucid dream because you want to be aware that you are dreaming. Right. Uh, Initially, it's cool to wake up and be like, wow, that was really cool. But you want to get to a point where you can be aware of that while it's happening. So you're more, again, you're going to be more likely to remember it. Yeah. But then you might be able to stay with it more because I don't know about you, but I've had some dreams where it's like one thing happens and then it jumps to something different and then it jumps to something different. And it's like, well, wait, I want to go back to that thing right. <laughs> that I first was dreaming about. Um, and if you're not lucid dreaming, that's, you know, hard to do. Mm-hmm. Before I talk about lucid dreaming, I did for back to like the scientific people who need to like, a little something extra if they're skeptical. Um, scientists have studied the frontotemporal cortex of the brain that controls our higher cognitive abilities. And during normal dreams, it's inhibited. But when you are in a lucid dream, it's activated at a high level. 
Along with this, researchers have noticed an increase in gamma waves, which is a synchronized firing by groups of neurons at a frequency implicated with conscious awareness and executive functions, such as voluntary action and decision making. Because of this, a lot of therapists are using um, lucid dreaming as a form of therapy. Like that not even sense. just dreams, but yeah. specifically lucid dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and they use it mostly for chronic nightmares and PTSD as a way to like act out scenarios in different ways. Yeah. Um, it is pretty and, wild. Uh, I mean, when you are, when you do achieve like getting into lucid dreaming, the mm -hmm. things that you can control are insane. So I can see how yes. like how therapeutic that can be if you're trying to say like set up an experience that is triggering or traumatizing to you and trying mm -hmm. to explore like how, perhaps like a different outcome. How can that be more empowering? How can you like I'm sure that's like so healing. I mean, and it's also kind yeah. of um, a pretty crazy form of like that, like kind of exposure therapy, too. Because I know, like, yeah. when I when I went through PTSD classes, um, they had us, like, journal and remember our experiences. But I bet it's, like, so much more powerful to actually live within the mem memory. Yep. And I definitely had, like, one experience or two where I had, like, confusion of that. I mean, I was awake, but I was hallucinating mm -hmm. the scenario again happening. Right. I feel like those are... I don't know if they're rare or something. They were very rare for me. So I've had that happen. So going through that and, but then trying to be more lucid about it, mm -hmm. I can see being like so empowering. Cause even when I was awake and being stuck in that, um, in that moment, I didn't even then feel like fully in control of myself. It just kind of like happened, right. you know, cause I was only being reactive. I wasn't being yeah. conscious with, what I was doing. It's really interesting because when you dream, when you're in that REM cycle, your muscles are, you're paralyzed essentially. Right. Because, because your brain is working on, you know, you're acting things out in your dream and science has shown that even if you are sitting still and you're awake and you're watching somebody do an action, your muscles are moving so slightly in a way that's mimicking what they're doing. So when you're dreaming, your body's going to want to do the same thing, hmm. which is why it paralyzes itself. Right. And that kind of goes into how the sleep paralysis thing works. But um, going back to this, it also offers an opportunity to work on motor skills. Even if your dream work is just like, I want to get better at this sport that's something you can act out over and over and over again. Like, even though you're dreaming, your muscles will remember that when you wake up. Oh, that's crazy. Which is kind of cool. They were saying for people who have issues with certain exercises, they're like, do what you can, but when you can't do anything, just think about it. They're like, you don't mm. realize it, but your muscles are trying to like figure it out, even though you're sitting still. Our bodies are amazing. Our bodies are amazing. Okay. So getting back into ways to get into the lucid dreaming, mm -hmm. like once you eventually kind of delve into that, yeah. Um, one popular method is called the reality testing method. And that's where you habitually ask your waking self whether you're dreaming or not and perform an action that helps you figure it out. Uh, kind of like Inception, mm -hmm. how you had the little spinning top, yeah. but 
ideally you don't want to use an object. Um, a lot of times people will use things like they'll try to put their finger through their hand. Oh, because if you're dreaming that your fingers should go through, but oh. obviously if you're awake, that's not going to happen. Wow. So I like never... if you tell yourself like, there's a my lot fingers of like, go through my hand. Yeah. There's a lot of tests that involve the hands, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like looking at details. Um, that's another, I do, I do have that written down and I'll get to that, but that's like a really basic thing is just constantly asking yourself why, while you're awake, mm -hmm. if you're dreaming so that it becomes such a habit that in your dream, you're doing it too. And even if you use other methods, this is an easy one to kind of throw into it too. Another one is called the mild technique stands for mnemonic induction, lucid dream technique. Uh, you basically rehearse a dream and visualize becoming lucid while repeating a uh, like mantra expressing the same intention, kind of like next time I dream, I'll remember that I'm dreaming. And that's kind of what I mentioned before with like wanting to remember a dream or that mm -hmm. you dream. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same kind of thing, but this is like the next step of not just remembering it, but like maybe I can do something in my dream. Yeah, <laughs> You can change that to like, when I dream, I want to, I want to fly. Mm -hmm. When I dream, I want to go to this place. And that technique says a lot of people recommend using it along with another one called wake back to bed, which is one that I wouldn't recommend to like people in general. I think it's only, should only be used by certain people. It's you basically set an alarm for an hour or two before you would normally wake up. Mm -hmm. And you allow yourself to wake up, but then try to fall back to sleep. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's you let yourself be awake for like a few minutes, actually. But the brief awakening is thought to increase cortical activation, which is uh, key in lucid dreaming, apparently. Okay. Um, but again, if you're someone who has issues with sleep, with like getting good sleep, falling back to sleep. Yeah. probably don't do that one yeah if you're like I, I can imagine if you're a person that like when you wake up in the middle of the night you refuse to look at a clock because you know like you'll get too anxious just knowing yep. what the time is yeah and then even if you know like all right I have to wake up in an hour or so anyway it almost makes it seem like once you fall back asleep it makes that sleep feel way more restless mm -hmm. than maybe it would have if you didn't know. There are some companies that make a lot of like the wearable, like I have one. This is actually for like exercise, but it does measure your sleep. Oh, cool. But companies like that are looking into ways to send like either like a sound or vibrate when you fall into REM sleep to potentially signal lucid dreaming. Oh. But again, it's one of those things that's like you have to be someone who's who can do that and not wake up when that happens. Now, ideally with the way that sleep works, you fall into your deepest level of sleep right before REM. So you should stay asleep, mm -hmm. but they're not quite there yet. I'm actually I'm kind of interested in that. I think it would be kind of cool, but again, not maybe not for everybody. Some people say that you can get into lucid dreaming if you induce sleep paralysis. 
which this one's interesting. I didn't know this part, but um, that's interesting. I already don't like it. Right? <laughs> I'm really stressed <laughs> just for the thought of it. It's it's honestly like it says sleep paralysis, but it's a little different. It basically okay. says when your alarm goes off, keep your eyes closed. Don't worry about writing anything down, but keep your mind aware as you try to go back to sleep. By keeping your mind aware, you increase the likelihood of sleep paralysis, but you have to remember that you're safe. So it, in a way, it's like a different mm -hmm. sleep paralysis because you're trying to do it on purpose. Okay. Um, and this method was actually used by well-known people. Benjamin Franklin, oh. Salvador Dali, and Mary Shelley used this method to try and come up with their ideas for their, their crafts. Wow. For their art, for their literature, whatever. Well, Dolly totally makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, that that one I'm not surprised, but that's so cool. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin, huh? Yeah, that one surprised me the most. Yeah, Benjamin Franklin. Um, and there's sources of them talking about using a method like that to mm. try to get to a place where they come up with some crazy idea to go off of. Sometimes I think you need that. Yeah. One method that I came across that I actually totally believe this, but again, don't recommend it necessarily is video gaming. Yeah. Like, right they before bed? No, just in general, getting in the oh. habit of like regularly video gaming. Um, they did a study that found that gaming is associated with better ability to remember your dreams, both lucid and regular. And the idea is that you know you're in your body and you're watching something else you're kind of immersed in this oh, other world yeah you know it mm -hmm. it's different but i mean i kind of get it i've definitely dr like had dreams of like if i spent all day playing a particular game and then i'd go to sleep i would be dreaming of that game i can kind of see it mm -hmm. but i like don't necessarily get i wonder if like habit. reading <laughs> novels would count like if you're a person who because like for me the way that I read um I you visualize I, it all. I visualize everything I wouldn't doubt that that's very at least very similar mm -hmm. if not like the same idea but another thing that I found that I thought was helpful is if you can ar arrive at a point where you are achieving lucid dreaming Mm -hmm. you probably need to work on like keeping it going because sometimes once you become aware that you're lucid dreaming your brain may try to like switch out of it and one reason why it can happen too is people get excited that they realize like oh my god like I am dreaming I know this oh, let me do this let me do that and that excitement can raise you know adrenaline mm -hmm. and then it can wake you up so I wrote a couple little tips that um are helpful to keep yourself in it and to prevent yourself from waking up and that is to spin around in your dream or fall backwards huh. uh, rub your hands together the last one is what i do is i just continue but i tell myself you're dreaming so it's kind of like mm -hmm. reassuring yourself that you know this is okay you're just dreaming and it's cool or if you're Play like me you turn everyone into your puppets and make them say what you want them to in your <laughs> yeah. head <laughs> that's like my exactly. that's my go-to honestly like um right and it, it's funny like i'll i actually had a dream just last night 
oh, this is interesting. And I was shown a photograph of myself. And I'm like, I I forget who was showing me the photograph. I think it was my mom, actually, was showing me a photograph. And I was I remember holding it and being like, okay, if this is me dreaming about my future, I'm going to try to remember this photograph as best as I can to see if somebody takes a photo of me. And it's this photograph. If I like run into it in my future, I feel like I very often dream about little snippets of my future. Yeah. Like very, very often. Um, And so I have been like practicing. I don't want to be conceited, but I feel like it comes naturally to me. Like I'm not putting too much. No, but I feel like just with so much, (laughs) with so much years of like awareness of how crazy my dreams have been that it's not like every night that I'm lucid dreaming, but I just like very often have things happen. I'm like, I've dreamt of this. And so I've kind of gotten in the habit, like once I do become lucid to like, all right, I'm going to try to remember as much as I can around me to like, try to like further verify <laughs> that I'm just not like, yeah, you know, that I'm not like just crazy or doing that like weird um, associative like fulfillment thing like where you Mm -hmm. see what you want to see or whatever anyways um what I love about dream work is it's it is the biggest stepping stone as we've already said to learning other abilities um for me in my practice I do a lot of uh trance work Mm -hmm. and to get into trance lucid dreaming is a is a pretty big first step of that um kind of entering an altered consciousness while you're dreaming it's usually through that that you can meet with spirit guides you can meet with ants you can do all these things that might just happen when you're in a lucid dream like lucid dreaming is kind of like the poor man's trance in a way sure yeah where you know maybe you're not as in control you have some ability to manipulate what happens but it's, you have to kind of get that piece before you can move into the trans abilities. And then there's, you know, back to the science part where people believe that our dreams are potentially, we're, we're traveling to different dimensions. Mm. That maybe our dreams mm-hmm. are actually existing in a very real other place that yeah. we've created within ourselves. Oh my gosh. You know? It's it, like that. Um, it's crazy. Like uh, Billie Eilish's like album and like that lyric to our song like um when we sleep where do we go yeah like that whole like concept of like yeah maybe our like you know bodies are like chilling and functioning as we sleep but maybe our consciousness slash souls whatever you want to believe in like goes Mm -hmm. to a different realm where these dreams are fulfilled there are there are people who believe that there's even scientists who believe that there's like different steps they say to that. There's lucid dreaming, but there's even um, like if you do self-hypnosis, some people would call that trance. I think trance yeah. is a little, it's like the next step after that. Um, but self-hypnosis is another really good tool if you um, maybe want to step up your dream work. You can do it right before you go to sleep. And I think it can kind of help with your lucid dreaming even mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not a beginner's thing. That's like intermediate. Yeah. Awesome. Do we have any like notes for advanced dreamers? <laughs> um, 
Let's see. I mean, I've tried to keep it pretty like, don't try and do anything you're not ready for. But um, oh, we had this one gal, I think in our very first listener episode story. I don't know. Did, you heard that one. Did, right? Did you hear the first one? I know I listened to it. Um, it was the, the gal though. that she was trying to contact her. I believe it was her boyfriend's uh, aunt who passed away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And when she tried to contact her through her dream, like she basically tried to induce like a sleep visitation and she was right. working on like lucid dreaming and stuff. And she had like a physical uh, like reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Like she mm-hmm. started like when she woke up, she felt like violently ill and stuff. And we actually like helped her, um, you know, possibly determine why she was feeling like that. Because she was trying to connect with um, that aunt. She was expecting, like, maybe, like, a conversation in their dream or, like, a hug or whatever. Like, actual, like, you know, traditional, like, expectation of I'm seeing someone in my dream or they visited me in my my sleep. And we were thinking, like, maybe she tapped into a form of, like, clairsentience where she was experiencing Mm -hmm. that aunt's symptoms when she was like going through chemo and stuff and she actually wrote back because we we said that um after we read out uh her 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 story that she wrote in and then she Mm -hmm. did message us or like comment later on our social media and she's like oh my god i never even like thought of that like that completely makes sense i just thought that i did something wrong (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> like me trying to set up my lucid dreaming, like I thought, like maybe I'm just not made for lucid dream dreaming. <laughs> no, I think that's um, I think that's important when you start to get a little bit more advanced in your dream work. Is you have to also be aware of any other abilities you might have. Yes. Um, if you are an empath, if you're a medium, if you like any of that. You have to make sure, like, if you're going to fall asleep and you're like, I want to contact somebody in my sleep, you have to set those boundaries before mm-hmm. you're even, like, out. Yeah. Um, and then make sure you keep saying that. Because if you're just saying, I want to contact somebody, you don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Especially if you don't know that you have that ability. Yeah. It sounded like she, it sounded like the way that she set it up, she kind of did, like, everything right in, like, a spiritual, you know, witchcraft practice to try to contact mm-hmm. That aunt, um, like she said before she went to bed, I believe, like, oh, I'm, I'm, um, I'm ready to, like, I want to contact you. I'm ready to talk to you. And she even, like, wrote something on a mirror using that, that aunt's, like, favorite lipstick. Like, so mm-hmm. very, like, she, very, very thoughtful. But then yeah. again, like, um, and I mentioned this, too, in our, like, Spirit Guides episode, you have to kind of bring your expectations down like not to have like specific expectations Mm -hmm. because what it can do is then you turn a blind eye to other like messages that are trying to go through you or maybe like in the case of this listener that she wrote in she was turning a a complete blind eye to her ability of clairsentience Mm -hmm. because she like totally just expected like if i didn't like you know with my eyes see this aunt and talk to her that means it didn't work like that's the only way that it can happen and that's right. not true um it just like you know i feel like with like lucid dreaming there's like so many different methods that you can go about it and there's gonna be so many different experiences and things that work 
for you. Like you just have to be, yeah. you have to have an open mind. I th- it's like build your boundaries, but have an open mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's finding the right balance of things. Mm-hmm. And on actually it kind of sounds like she may also be like an empath. Yeah. Because when you meet people like on another plane, mm-hmm. um, if you are an empath, whatever abilities you have, in this world are strengthened there. Mm-hmm. So if you already kind of like feel a little bit of what other feels or feel around you, that can magnify like yeah. tenfold. Yeah. Claire sentience and like empath abilities are pretty crazy when you don't know what they yeah. are. They can be very they like are. overwhelming and being like, what the hell is happening? Am I sick? <laughs> but yeah, on Honestly, that's like a tune in for next time. Like what we should definitely do an episode yeah. just like on like empaths. Oh my gosh, I loved this episode. This is so fun. This was fun. Love, love, love <laughs> dreams. Um, and you did such a good job at like the steps on how to get into it. Like the methods. Thanks. I like I learned so much um from your segment of the episode. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you I so much put for. It in, in like writing somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You should. I l- thank you so much for just like coming back on and, you know, guest hosting yeah, with course. me again. Um, I just like absolutely loved our first episode together. Again, if y'all haven't listened to it, it's um, interview with the Norse pagan vulva. It's really awesome. And um, I'm sure like we're going to have you. I'm going to have you back. I keep saying we the royal we. I'm me. <laughs> the royal way. <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you so much for being on the show, Laura. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. Um, I do want to do, I usually do this in the beginning of the episode and I totally space, but I'll be doing a patron shout out. Um, so we have a new patron. His name is Connor Axlene. And so this is a shout out for you, Connor. Thank you so much for supporting the show. So if you are interested in supporting the show like Connor and like Laura here, um, we do have a Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash the new witches. And you'll get access to exclusive content as well as a handwritten thank you letter from me. Um, Just thank you for supporting the podcast. It's just amazing that People are so generous and, and supportive of, you know, what this podcast does because um, it's it's so much work than I thought it'd be, honestly, <laughs> but it's, it's so fun. Um, and it's like yeah. so encouraging to see other folks out there supporting what uh, what I do. Um, yeah. And if uh, other ways to support us, uh, follow us on our social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter um, at The New Witches. And you can find the podcast on Facebook as well, uh, the New Witches Podcast. Um, yeah, another thing that I didn't mention is so at Patreon. One of your perks that you get as a patron, we actually I'll I'll add you onto our close friends list on Instagram, so you'll actually see like exclusive um, story content that um, not like our general follower followers won't see. Um, as well as being added to our, um, again, our, we, the royal we, the royal hour, <laughs> um, uh, to the podcast uh, fan group on, like, I've, I've built a, a little community for the patrons of the podcast to kind of just chat and share 
posts on all the topics that we cover. So, you know, witchy, spiritual, true crime, paranormal. Um, and so that's also been very exciting to see that little community grow. Um, so you've been listening to our witchy episode. We do flip flop. So the next episode will be um, true crime slash paranormal. And then we also have our listener story episode coming up. We release one every 13th of the month. And so if you'd like to write in your spooky, witchy, weird stories. Alien. Um, alien. Yes. I love the alien ones. <laughs> um, that'd be so awesome. I'll literally scream into the microphone from excitement. Uh, if you want to submit your own personal story of like that falls into one of those categories, um, you can do so on the website. That's thenewwitches.com. We have our contact page. You can fill out a form and fill out your story there. Or you can just email it in directly at thenewwitches at gmail.com. Anyways, thank you so much, everyone. Have a good day and stay witchy. Bye. Bye. Bye.